Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, we are going to head down to Florida and joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is ESPN's Jesse Rogers. When you ask about people who know what's going on with the labor negotiations between Major League Baseball and the Players Association, as Tony LaRussa would tell us, Jesse is tied for first in terms of knowledge. Uh, Jesse, it's always good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us this morning. How are you doing? <laughs> Just don't ask me when it's going to end because I'm not going to sound very smart. Uh, but I'm, I'm doing good. It's, at least I'm in warm weather. Good. Hey, okay, I'm not going to ask you when it's going to end, but I'm going to ask you this. Last week, owners said that at the very uh, earliest they would be able to start games on March 5th and 6th. Would it surprise you if there were spring training games played on March 5th and or 6th? Yes, it would. Not just because of the situation we're facing, but because it, even if this gets resolved, we're looking at very late this week to do that, uh, which means camps basically open next week and you can't play uh, by March 5th. So it was kind of like if they came to an agreement today, sure, but I don't see that happening. I think it's going to, if something good happens, it's going to be a slow build towards the end of the week, uh, sort of an 11th hour agreement. Um, so I, I don't see, see it being the 5th. Now, if you're asking me like, closer to the 10th, meh, I, you know, I could, I could give you maybe a 50-50 sort of thing, uh, sort of an optimistic viewpoint because maybe they do come to an agreement, you know, within a week's time, maybe next Sunday, this Sunday, Monday, a week from today, something like that. And then you get in there. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't see March 5th. No. Jesse, does the fact that the owners and the MLBPA said that they intend to hold multiple bargaining sessions, perhaps every day this week, give you hope that they're ready to put this thing into high gear? It gives me a little bit of hope. I wouldn't be down here in Florida if, if, if I didn't believe that. Uh, and like I said, I think it's going to be a slow build. I think there'll probably be some animosity today and, and tomorrow, and then maybe you start to make some real progress. Um, so, yeah, it gives me a little bit of hope. But, but the other side of that is this is what you have to do, right, that the sport's at its brink. If you're not at least meeting, then what the hell are we doing in this business, right? I'm talking about the, the both sides. So it, it could be all for naught. Like, don't confuse activity with accomplishment. Um, I'll need to hear the rhetoric after these first couple of days. But it's not a bad thing. Let's put it that way. If they're going to get an agreement, they better start meeting daily because there's a lot of work to be done. But I do believe, um, like I think a lot of people sort of in the, in the in the know believe, if they you know cross the line on a couple things, everything else will move quickly. So that's the good news. And Jesse, speaking of crossing the line, what do you think the biggest hurdle is for this group? Well, I, I think it's the two big numbers, the minimum salary and the CBT. Uh, if, you, if you break everything down and, you know, uh, look, there's no real answer to tanking you're going to find in one CBA negotiation. There's no great answer to service time manipulation. Yeah, you're going to get a couple draft picks if, if your star player comes up and stays on the team, all that jazz, right? But, but if you raise the minimum um, to, to the point where the union's happy, that affects the entire union membership, right? Um, that sort of trickle-up effect, raise the minimum, then the second-year players paid more, the third year, then you go into arbitration. And if you raise the CBT, you take care of the star players as well because now the Yankees, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the teams that have some money can spend if they want to. Um, and, and then that takes care of the, the star players. So uh, I think raise the minimum, raise the CBT, and uh, work from there would be a great way to, to get this thing rolling. 
ESPN's Jesse Rogers joining us from Florida, where the baseball negotiations are taking place. Jesse, it, it seems like when I read that they have these meetings and the players concede maybe a little bit each time. Is it fair to say that the players to this point have made more concessions than the owners have? I wouldn't. I wouldn't characterize it that way. I know it's it's kind of easy, and I know the media coverage has been sort of pro union, pro player. I think there's an inherent bias in all of us. Uh, we, we sort of know these guys, right? We don't know owners. We, we can't, you know, we know what the players go through to become stars. Um, we, we sort of feel like we know them, whether it's be media people or just fans. You see them every day. Uh, so we're all kind of, I think, inherently biased towards the players. But I would say in terms of the negotiations, there's plenty of blame to go around. There really is. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the league, you don't have to like their offers, but they've tweaked as much as the union's tweaked. Uh, the problem is it's been quarters here, quarters there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I wouldn't characterize it that way. I would say, just my own quick opinion, I believe in the, you know, the players have the sort of moral high ground, but there are, there, there, there's blame to go around in terms of the negotiation strategies on both sides. And that actually makes me a little optimistic about this week. I don't think we've seen either side's best hand. If it doesn't come this week, then we, we're in trouble. But my point is, Neither side is given its best offer, I don't believe. And that if that comes this week, then that's good news. Um, if it doesn't come this week, then, then we know that you know, someone's going to be holding out for a long time, in my opinion. So that's kind of the way I look at it. I think we're going to see best hands this week, or at least I hope so. Jesse, we know that there's a lot of animosity between both sides. This has been building, and each side is dug in trying to get their desired outcome. But are you hearing anything from either party about the fans or the optics of these negotiations and this lockout and how it may change the way that people are viewing baseball as a whole? You know, I, it's the answer is not really. I mean, of course, player-wise, they understand the damage that's being done to fans, but it, it's not their front and center concern. Look, baseball fans are going to be there. Baseball is going to be back. I think Tom Berducci wrote it in Sports Illustrated. Like the 60 game season, as bad as everything was, they still awarded a champion. They still uh, gave out the Cy Young and the MVP. Like if this season is five months, eh, so be it, right? They'll still have playoffs. And uh, yeah, you lose some people, but what are you going to do? You, 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 you've got a priority about the future of, of your union and for owners, the future of your investment. And unfortunately, it, I don't know how else to put it, right? I mean, the fans are going to come second. Um, they're getting refunds for spring games. They'll get refunds for regular season that's missed. And if it's a four-and-a-half-month season, uh, if you're a fan, you'll, you'll watch it. Maybe you'll, you, they'll lose some, but it, it's just not their first concern. I sort of understand why. Like, you can only have so many priorities. And for the union, it's the future of, of players getting paid and livelihoods and all that stuff. Jesse, obviously, Bill DeWitt Jr. is uh, a guy that adheres to the rules, so he won't talk about this. But uh, I was on a chat with him last week, and he said, "Hey, we we're just waiting. We're just we are, we don't have anything to do with this." And it's my understanding that Dick Monfort from the Rockies has been the only owner negotiator. What sense are you getting of somebody else from ownership getting involved, or is it going to be Monfort and Hallam and Manfred, and that's it? No, no, there'll be some more owners down here. I don't know exactly how many, but there, there's going to be a few um, uh, that are going to be here, and there's a bunch of players. That's why they're doing it in Florida, because a lot of players are training here. There's a lot of spring sites, so a lot of players are already down here. Uh, I'm not sure if the whole executive board of the Players Association will be here or not, but 
Uh, Scherzer will be here. Andrew Miller will be here. Some owners will be here. I don't know exactly which ones. But, yeah, they'll have a hand. But they're, they're certainly in the background in terms of uh, negotiating. Um, that, that is Dan Halem and, and Bruce Meyer's job with Tony Clark and Rob Manford kind of looking on. But, look, it, this involves owners. This involves players. So they're going to get their hands dirty a little bit this week. Um, it'll be interesting how the tone of today, for example, day one. What, what's the tone like? Uh, I, I think there's a path. I really do. And that's why I give it a little bit more optimism than maybe – some of my colleagues, uh, it just depends on how dug in each side is. It's a it's a crazy game of chicken that's going on. Who's going to blink first kind of thing. Um, I feel like, you know, the union has some leverage. Uh, and if they use it the right way, that they'll make the, the, uh, the league react. Or maybe the league will be proactive. I doubt it. But maybe it'll be proactive and the union will drop a couple demands and, and we'll have a path. But uh, it's not shocking we're at this point. Um, the, the the 1990 lockout lasted into early March. This is just kind of like how it works. You need a deadline. You need a break. You need a you need to take things to a break. And um, right now, opening day is kind of the deadline. Working four weeks back from that, of course. Jesse, I want to go back to last Thursday with that last meeting just being 15 minutes. What was your reaction when you heard that they only met for 15 minutes and that many of the key issues at hand weren't even addressed? That's what I'm talking about. Not showing their best hands. I, I feel like, and I don't know the legal part of this but like you're supposed to negotiate in good faith right so if you keep tweaking you know throwing quarters around like i said well at least you're, you're showing it's that activity but no accomplishment right you're, you're you're showing something i'm willing to go to the table i'm willing to give you five million here the other side says no i'll take five i, I just feel like it was all theater it was all theater to this point um i'll, I'll tell you exactly what i think could happen the union wants the league to change its revenue sharing plan, right? Uh, much to the dismay of Bill DeWitt, I'm sure, because they, they want the, the, the small market teams to get less revenue sharing. I don't think the union has a chance in hell of that changing, but I think they could use that as leverage. And I think they've held on to that. Same with the Super 2 expansion. You know, they want 80% now of Super uh, of two, two year players to go to arbitration. Uh, I don't think they're going to get that either, but you hold on to it for as long as you can and use it as leverage. So in other words, okay, fine. We won't ask for uh, uh, less revenue sharing, but you better raise the CBT. We won't ask for more super twos, but you better raise the minimum. And I think it's an interesting strategy if it works because you're negotiating off of something you don't have in the first place. The union would, you know what I mean? They're saying, uh, we want this revenue sharing. Okay, we won't take it, but give us something else. And I think that's that's an interesting strategy if, if that's how it goes. So I think there's a couple things the union could drop but use as leverage. And on the other side of it, the, the league could say, all right, fine, if you drop this, we'll give you this. So that's where I'm talking about being proactive or reactive. Um, and and I, that's the path I see, whether it happens today or in, in three weeks. I, I think that's the kind of thing that has to go on. Jesse Rogers, you always provide us great information. We'll keep our eyes peeled on Twitter and at ESPN.com for anything that might happen. And we appreciate that you're going to the trouble to be down there and bring us the best information. Thanks so much for the time. You got it. Have a great day. Take you care. You too. See you later. Jesse Rogers of ESPN joining us from Florida, where the negotiations are taking place on Carriker and Smallman. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. This episode is brought to you by Verizon. Verizon. 
With Verizon, you can now get a private 5G network, so you can do more than connect your business. You can make it even smarter. Now ports can know where every piece of cargo is and where it's going. Robots can predict breakdowns and order their own replacement parts. And retailers can get ahead of the fashion trend of the day with a new line tomorrow. With a Verizon private 5G network, you can get more agility and security, giving you more control of your business. We call this enterprise intelligence. From the network America relies on, Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available in select areas. Pre-qualification required for private 5G network. Terms apply.